When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's what they say. The Bears fans don't know how to treat their players that were rude, were uncouth. We were upsetting to some. But listen, I'll tell you what happened. We had a Northwestern grad recently join our team, Trevor Simeon. And we welcomed him back to Chicago in the most second city way imaginable. We stole his car. That's right. Trevor Simeon had his Dodge SRT Hellcat, amazing car, stolen from the Beverly Country Club on the south side. Uh, This coming from a report by Amy Jacobson of the Chicago City Wire. Uh, Yeah, apparently he went out playing golf, comes back, car's gone. That is Chicago. The only way that could have been more Chicago would have been had the thieves left an old style and a Portillo's Italian beef there waiting for him, ready to go. Maybe a Giordano's or Lou Malnati's, whatever side of the fence you're on. That's it. The only the only possible way to welcome him to Chicago. And let's welcome you to the show by Sammy. Roll our animation. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night, and you know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. We're going to have a great show tonight. One of our favorite guests is going to be returning tonight. But before we bring him on, it's obviously very important to uh, go ahead and address, not the elephant, but let's say the grizzly bear in the room, and of course, on Monday, an issue came to our attention. Listen, we've been tweeting out quotes from Bears management, coaches, uh, sometimes players, you know, just tweeting them out, you know, trying to spread the love of Chicago. And in, in a complete oversight on our part, we uh, we didn't properly attribute it to the reporters who are on the ground gathering this information. And honestly, like, but and that's the etiquette. And we made a mistake. And I would like to take this opportunity to, right now to uh, to apologize, we should have been doing a better job of this. So to the men and the women who this affects, who, who do a great job of covering this team day in and day out, we sincerely apologize. It was a mistake. Uh, listen, ever since we've started this podcast, we've tried to be gracious uh, members of this Bears community. And as the, the new kids, uh, we made a dumb mistake. So apologies to uh, anybody who is effective and, of course, including Kevin Fishbane, who brought this to our attention. I thank him for doing it too as well. I would rather go out there and address it right now. Uh, I don't want it festering. I don't want people hating us. Uh, I, you know, so listen, we made a mistake. We'll take the L on that one. And I hope that you will accept our sincerest apologies. We won't do that again. And if we do call us out, but listen, we're going to do a, uh, we're going to do a better job. And that's, uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Cause right now it's time to welcome in our guest. A repeat, as I mentioned here a moment ago, one of our favorites, um, uh, he's a co-host 
of a brand new Chicago Bears podcast called the Bear Down Chai Pod. Uh, he's also a contributor to the Windy City fan side, the Windy City FS. He does a great job for them. Please welcome our buddy, Patrick Sheldon. Patrick. Adam, thanks so what much for having me on? back, man. I've missed your musk. It's nice to be back. Oh, it's great to have you. You know, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, you know, we're bald. We're a couple yeah. of bald guys just sitting here, uh, reveling in our goal. We both we're both wearing hats that shows our insecurity. And uh, but I think it's good. How have you been? Everything good? Yeah, I'm doing great. The hat is more self-preservation for me. Uh, as we were talking before the show, I live in South Carolina and the sun is not, as you know, too kind to us bald domers. So uh, the hats have become a staple in my repertoire these days to, to keep the sun off. I had a weird issue at frozen yogurt the other day. I had my two kids there. There was another bald gentleman at a table next to us. And he had the obvious hat head with the like tan line of a, of a, of a snapback. Like I'm wearing a snapback right now, but I don't wear a snapback in the sun because I want to avoid this thing about like, I don't want to get that. I don't want to get that, uh, that tan. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he had it. I didn't know if I should tell him. I felt like as a fellow bald, I could go up there and and say this to him, but he didn't seem very approachable. And uh, so I let it go. I don't know. I don't know what the etiquette is there. It's like a Seinfeld Uh, episode. Yeah. I don't know. Like it does seem like something like this is a modern day Seinfeld. Do you tell the guy with the, uh, with the, the bald guy with the weird, because I get the Kuchar tan sometimes too. I got to be very mindful of that as well so you don't want to get the coocher tan or anything like that but uh it is good to see you i want to talk a little bit you started a brand new podcast how is that going can you tell us a little bit about it we did so first of all thank you for the support uh, tweeting out our, our inaugural tweet uh we did start a new podcast so uh formerly at bear down report the guys of the bear down report uh brendan chagru ryan dingle jack wright logan bradley and myself we started a new venture called the bear down chicago podcast you can find us at bear down shy on Twitter. And uh, we're going to be coming out with our first episode here very, very soon. Um, so thank you again to all the fans on Twitter. The, the support's been overwhelming. Um, we love our fans and, and the, they're very loyal and supportive. So thank you everyone. And uh, we look forward to, to kicking things off here real soon. Yeah. I want to get Shagru on the, 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 on the show here at some point, but I'm, I'm afraid yeah. I'm going to mess up his name. Like poor <laughs> Nicholas, dude, Nicholas, was on the other day and like I swear to God I was calling him Nick Moreno and I think somebody I did not call him Nick Moreno it was Moreno like Moses Moreno <laughs> listen I live in Southern California when I see a name it, it looks like I just I don't know why my mind's eye just goes to Moreno and I noticed Shagru finally put in his Twitter bio how to say his names I'm like well now I can have him on so Heck I can yeah. avoid because I'm terrible his name's in my head at this point like I can't Initially, I couldn't remember if it was SU or SE, and now I'm just all messed up on it. So he's in my head. I can't, you know. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. No. It it, like when I first started working with uh, Akbar Bajibiamila, did not want to say that name at all. <laughs> Aditi Kinkabwala. Like those names are intimidating at first, and now you yeah. just kind of get used to it and uh, you move on. I do want to say, though, we did uh, on the pod on Friday, on Thursday, excuse me, because Lori Lightfoot came out and she was talking about the, the stadium situation. And we talked about this, you know, what, what should the bears do? I'm curious to find out what do you think we should do? Not what, what is going to happen, but what, what is your preference? Do you like the stadium? I know you're in South Carolina, so this doesn't matter to us as much, but I'm curious of, uh, of your thoughts. Do you like having the stadium on the lake or do you think it's, you know, move to Arlington Heights, get the complex around it, 
make a make a little bear city out there and uh, go 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 about it that way. Yeah. Well, so I'll say I've only been a sh- uh, Soldier Field a couple of times, and it's amazing. And, and if you're a Bears fan, it's a must see. You have to get out there. What an experience! And I loved it. I love Soldier Field, the history, the the columns. Um, it was wonderful. With that said, I'm a bit of a pragmatist, right? And yeah, they got to move. Uh, the some of these modern stadiums are absolutely amazing. The amenities are incredible. I think Bears fans deserve that kind of experience. And not to mention, you can, you know, do so many other things here. I mean, you can have a casino, you can have, you know, a whole variety of restaurants and bars and shops. It can be be a whole experience for you. Um, so you do give up a lot by leaving the city, but boy, I, I think the folks will come around pretty quickly once they get out there and start living that, you know, uh, modern day uh, stadium experience. Yeah. You know, you get the final fours, you get WrestleMania, maybe AEW eventually has a big state of AEW's first big stadium show would probably be in Chicago. So you think about it that way. Like there's so many opportunities for this team to improve and kind of hopefully improve the overall organization and bring some income in. I think it's something that needs to be done. It just, it just has to happen. I think that, you know, and I still say this and we said that we talked about this on Thursday, and apologies to everybody who who watches and listens to every show. But, you know, I always thought it was a misstep that they tore down the old Comiskey Park, although the new one's starting to look better and better. Like even the outside facade looks good. The food's amazing. It always seemed like a mistake to tear down the old Comiskey. Wrigley Field's the same way. Things that are in, ingrained, indelible into the, into, the, into, into the neighborhood. Soldier Field is just kind of out there. You know, it's on the other side of a highway. You got to kind of, you know, it's not necessarily attached to downtown, even though it sort of is. Mm. I don't know. It's fun. I understand. I don't, I don't blame anybody who wants to stay there, but at the same time, uh, I think it's, it's, it's time to move. Here's the other thing. Look, I don't, I'm not a, is it a horticulturist? I don't know who does, who knows a lot about grass. Right. But like, why is it that week two, that, that feel looks like, you know, uh, a fairway after I get done carving it up. I mean, it looks terrible. Like go, to Arlington Heights, get a real field, uh, get, get a track that those guys can play on and play fast on. But this idea of like the bear weather being a thing, it, it hasn't helped us in decades. So what are we, uh, what are we sticking around for? Yeah. My dad always looks at that playoff game where they lost to the 49ers, the soft ass 49ers, as he liked to refer to them as. <laughs> and he's like, bear weather died that day. Yeah. So it is one of those things that, you know what? It's over. Uh, time to move on. And, um, it is what it is. What about the uh, current construction of the team? Again, we keep doing this. I know we're kind of waiting uh, for some of the, I, I, I don't think there's going to be any big moves no. that are going to be happening uh, up until the time of the draft. But what do you think? I mean, the bears are just quietly adding pieces to this puzzle. Uh, what do you think about some of the recent moves the team has made? Yeah. I mean, I like it. Look, it's no secret. I haven't been a fan of Ryan pace. I think he kind of left them a little bit of a mess. And uh, Ryan Poles is doing exactly what he told you he was going to do heading into this offseason. He was going to be patient. He was going to look for guys that I think fit his his type, his personality, um, you know, the, the scheme that he wants to play, uh, but also the timeline. Right. So I know a lot of folks were, were like, hey, the first signing was a, a defensive player, a three tech that they overpaid for. Um, that doesn't fit their scheme or their their plan of patience. But I think it did, right? I think he's looking for yeah. players that he, he can see sticking around for a while and fit in that timeline. Uh, and so if he's got a guy that plays a position that critical to the defense 
and he's young enough and he thinks, Hey, I can get this guy for the next three or four or five years, then, then that's great. But I just don't think he sees the value in the offensive line free agents that were out there and were available, um, you know, to go ha- to go ahead and overspend and, and pay some of those guys a lot of money. I think there are a lot of moves still to be made. You know, I think folks get a little bit nervous now that free agency is winding down. But, you know, you got the draft. You got the post-June 1 cuts. You always have a few surprise cuts around, you know, cut down day when they get down to the, the roster, uh, the 53-man roster. So I think there are more moves to be made, but um, he's the antithesis of, of Pace, right? We complained for yeah. years about everything that Pace did, how he overpaid, how he was too aggressive, how he didn't let the market come to him. He overspent for Foles, overspent for Dalton. And then uh, Pulse comes in and he's like, all right, I'm going to do things differently. And now we're like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's an idiot. Like, go yeah. overspend. Go be Pace. Uh, you know, we got just got to be patient. This year is going to be a reset. Um, and then he's been a part of organizations that know how to build a winner. He's been a part of three different administrations in Kansas city. I think they've done pretty darn good over the years. So let's give him a chance and let's see him execute on a plan, which honestly we haven't seen in years. We haven't seen the bears front office have a, a, a cogent plan and execute on that, um, in years. It's just been kind of year to year that they've lived and tried to cobble together a roster and, and hopefully squeak in the playoffs with, um, you know, nine or 10 wins. Yeah, doesn't that always seem what it was like with Ryan Pace in that there really wasn't some sort of identity. There wasn't like a a player that you would see and be like, well, that's a Bears player. Well, that's somebody, you know, when you're scouting for the draft or anything like that. Like I was sitting there looking at some of these uh, some of these players in the draft, and I don't know what it was about Chris Olave, where I was thinking about the Saints. I'm like, God, that that seems like a Saints receiver. For whatever reason, maybe he played too many games in the Sugar Bowl or whatever it is. I never got that sense with the Bears. Like they they acquired, like, oh, like it, it's somebody who like decorates. It's sort of like the way this room back here is just put together. Well, I just <laughs> threw all I just threw all my Bears knickknacks up there. Like, dad, like we'll see how this works. And this is kind of thrown together. There's a rock bobblehead with all these. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Like, well, how does how does the rock fit in with the rest of the Bears here? He, he doesn't. I just put him up there. And it always feels like that's the way that Ryan Pace kind of constructed the team. Like, oh, yeah. you want to give me Khalil Mack? Okay, fine. I'll take him. Bobby Quinn? Fine. It didn't feel like there was an identity to anything that the Bears have been doing over the last number of years. No, no, not at all. I mean, if he's got a type, right, it, it's it's like, what, a 6'5", Division two tight end? I mean, that's what we joke around about with Ryan yeah. Pace. Um, his types always seem to be either aging players at the end of their their. Um, prime or overpaying for uh, an unproductive tight end like Adam Shaheen. So no, it's, it's refreshing to see a a GM have a plan, be disciplined, actually stick to that plan. Like, look, I get Ryan Pace came in and said, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to focus on the draft. We're going to build through the draft. We're going to draft quarterback every year. He did none of those things. He drained away all his draft capital and drafted one QB in his entire tenure. So it's good to see a GM actually do what he says he's going to do. Yeah, I forgot about that. We're going to draft a quarterback every year and kind of approach it that way. I do. I, you know what? I know that I'm, I'm a little bit biased because I'm, I'm close, uh, close to Anaheim. So I'm, you know, I, I follow the the Los Angeles Angels, who I think, in the grand scheme of things, really mirror the Bears in a lot of ways, and not not in a lot of good ways. And for the for the Angels, it's always been about like, well, what about pitching? What are you guys doing about pitching? Can he pitch? Can this, whatever, and. They got a new general manager 18 months ago. 
uh, Perry came in and started to address it. And when you look at the way the Angels have played for the first seven games, six games of the season, their pitching has actually been the strong part of that team. They've, they've lost to the Astros because they couldn't hit enough and stuff like that. It's like, oh, it's a definite shift yeah. to where now the pitching, it feels like they have enough pitching. The hitters need to start coming through. And I think that if we give Ryan Poles enough credit and enough time, that that's exactly what's going to happen, where the lines are going to be the strength of this team, great offensive lines, great defensive lines, and then we'll start to see the the fruits of the labor. But I think that everybody just kind of got caught up, especially with the with the nature of the NFL, where these teams can go from 3-13, and 13, now 3-14, and 14, to the Super Bowl like the Cincinnati Bengals did. And so now you want to sign every free agent imaginable, and you expect to be in the Super Bowl even though your team was brutal the, the previous year. Yeah. And and look, I don't know if it's going to work with Ryan Poles. I don't know if it's going to work in the in the short term, but I know this, when your process is sound, uh you may not get immediate results, but eventually things will come around and you will get results. When your process is not sound, you may get lucky, you know, every few years, you may get into the playoffs and sneak in. Um but that's not a sustainable uh system. So I think if we just give him some time, I like his process. If he sticks to the process, it's it's been proven in Kansas City. Um you know, he's, he's an offensive line guy. He understands the, the value of the trenches. So let's give him time. Let's let the process play out and see what he can do in a few years. And then we can judge him. Yeah. It's like doing wordle. You got to have a process <laughs> to go through and do that yeah, today, right. by the way, today's today's threw me off so bad. Oh my gosh. It was terrible. But in any event, we do have questions from the audience. Actually, Sammy, before we pull up questions, hold on. Uh, I do know that there was a question Hold on. As I put on my old man glasses, as Nick pointed out, was it Nick? Yeah. Somebody pointed out. I'm an old man. Somebody asked a question. Uh, <laughs> it's Erm. It's Erm who said, what do you think is going to be the biggest move that the bears make after the draft? What is going to be the biggest move that the bears make after the draft? This is a great question. I've given it a lot of thought. It's a great question. Erm. Uh, you know, we just talked about Ryan Poles not making very big moves. So, I don't know that the moves after the draft are going to be huge. I think people are going to be expecting maybe something big. I, I just don't see that in him. If, you know, I had to say what, if I had to pick a splash move, um, Robert Quinn's either going to get traded or cut. I think mm. uh, they can save a lot Whoa. of money by cutting him after June 1st. Um, but I think they're going to try to deal him and get something in return for him. Even if it's just a later round pick, he's not, Again, going back to what I said earlier, he doesn't fit the timeline of this team when they're going to be competitive. And it's nice to have him on here. I know he had a career year last year, but the Bears can go ahead and win six games with or without Robert Quinn next year, I think. So um, if you can get something for him, I think he will. Uh, and if not, maybe they decide to cut him after June 1st and save quite a bit of money. But, um, you know, if I had to pick one, I would say that would be the the big splash move. But I just don't see a lot of big splash moves coming this year uh, from Ryan Poles, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, personally, I hope they keep Bobby Quinn. I think that there is like an issue of at least being competitive. They feel like they're pot committed at this mm -hmm. point. And I know they'll save yeah. a little, they'll, they'll save money. That's true. But at this point, like at the same time, like still got to go out and try to win, build a competitive roster. I think Bobby Quinn's here. The money's I mean, you've already committed a lot of money to him anyways. Right. Let's just write it out. And then, again, I always go back to, and this is what I thought was going to happen with Khalil Mack, is that they would hang on to him and deal him during the season, yeah. similar to what happened with Von Miller last year 
where he was on that Denver team. And Denver was still sort of competitive, but you were, it was clear they were not a Super yeah. Bowl team. And they dealt him to the Rams. And I think that there could be another team this coming season who's yep. close to the playoffs or close to making a run who's going to need a pass rusher. Then it becomes a little bit more valuable. If you can get, I don't know, if you can get similar comp- compensation to what you got for Khalil Mack, second round pick, okay, obviously would be in on that third round. I don't know. Third. I know we talked about, somebody was talking about this on Instagram today. I don't know if third is enough, but perhaps maybe I'm wrong, but uh, outside of straight up cutting them, I would just rather, I'd rather wait and try to deal them during the season, but that's just me. We'll see what happens. No, that's, that's a great point. I didn't even consider that, but you're right. They could use that leverage mid season to a team that's, you know, a pass rusher away from uh, making that run. So yeah, I could see that as well, but I, again, I'd be I'd be surprised if they if they cut him. Uh, I think the trade before the season is more likely if they decide to move him. But I like your thought of of moving him midseason. I do think they could probably get more from him, uh, and it, like you said, allows him to be competitive throughout the year. Yeah, I honestly believe that that probably was the plan of yeah. uh, of Ryan Poles of just waiting and just seeing what happened. But when the Chargers are like, "We'll give you a second and pay his salary," you're like, "Well, I got to take that deal." <laughs> Right. Like that is that is the one thing that always tickles me too. It's like, do you guys, hey, do you, do you want do you want Robert Quinn? Like, no, 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 we'll take Khalil Mack. You're like, so you don't want the guy who uh, had what twenty sacks last year or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. All right, take the guy who's coming off the injury. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you want to intimidate Derek Carr. I don't know what it is, but anyway, in any event, uh, Sammy, you got some questions queued up for us. Who is uh, Lucas? First out of the gate, hey, Adam. Does Justin Fields need to be elite? For the Bears to win, elite in the sense of top five quarterback, eh, I don't think so. I think what we've seen out of uh, Matt Eberflus and what what we would expect out of his teams are we need a very good quarterback. You need a quarterback who can win games, and you need to be able to go out there and and move in the execute in the four minute drill. You need to be able to go out there and when and know that when the game is on the line, he is the quarterback who can lead you to victory. And I think back to the game last year against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm like, well, that's a guy who can win us games. If we're in a close contest, I want to be that guy. I want him to be that guy that if he's got the ball in his hands with a chance to win, the bears are going to win. So I think, I don't know if that counts as elite Patrick, but what do you think? Yeah, I think so next year, if you're talking about winning and winning big, I think to win next year and win big. Yeah. Justin Fields is going to have to take a huge leap forward with this roster Long, if you're talking long term, I don't think he has to be top five in the league for the Bears to to have success. Um, I think you're going to see a, a huge difference this year just based on the offensive scheme. I think his level of play is just naturally going to improve because you're going to have a competent offensive system around him. And like your GM, you're going to have a coaching staff that has a plan and is committed to implementing that plan, not just talking about it, but actually implementing the plan. So uh, I think you're going to see a fair amount of improvement from Justin Fields just by that alone. But yeah, if you're talking about winning big this season, based on what the roster is probably going to look like, Fields is going to have to ball out. But um, we'll see. That's you know what? That's an excellent point. Yeah, for the Bears to win this year, Fields has to be elite. Like that's there's no way around it. I don't think that this team is going to be enough. You know, you can't Trubisky it in 2018, and not, and not to take a shot at Mitch Trubisky, but young quarterback on his way up was able to was able to lean into that defense a little bit and rely on them 
to uh, to uh, do a lot of the dirty work. I don't think the Bears are going to be able to do that this year. So if they do win, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be uh, it's going to be up to Justin Fields to make that happen. All right, Sammy, what do we got next? Oh, what is? Oh, yeah, what is that? Yeah, what is uh, this shirt? Sorry, not to get too not to get too chesty here, but uh, it's the yeah. stadium stadium capacity. Chesty Larue over there. Okay. <laughs> uh, stadium capacity for Soldier Field. I love that. All right, yeah, yeah. and you know and. And a lot of people, and this is one of the things that people talk about in needing a new stadium. I honestly like the fact that when they redid the stadium, they did not make it a 70,000 seat stadium. Mm. I think that you should limit capacity a little bit and go down 61.5 is a pretty good number. Like that's acceptable. Like you want a sold out crowd all the time. Like when when the Bears are winning and things are going well, that crowd's amazing. You don't need anything bigger than that. And I really look at what the Chargers were able to do when they played at uh, Dignity Health Park or whatever it's called, StubHub Center used to be for the longest time, of playing in those intimate stadiums. Now, for the Chargers, it was kind of a loss because those stadiums were always filled with opposing fans. But I think that if the NFL could play in like intimate, and that wasn't even a college stadium, it was an MLS, MLS stadium, I think it would be really cool Like if that was the capacity. But obviously, if you're going to build a, a stadium in Arlington Heights, you got to be able to pack in. I don't know what SoFi did for the Super Bowl, but you got to pack in like eighty thousand for the Super Bowl. Right. You got to make that worthwhile. You got to make you got to make a buck, and that's that's one of the biggest things. But uh, I kind of like that. Where'd you get that shirt? Can we give them love? Uh, Fansided. So uh, Fansided has a a line of um, t-shirts that they have. So I, that's where I picked this up years ago. It's an older one. I. I don't even know if they still have it on the site, but um, yeah, it's a pretty cool one. I like this. Well, well, it's good because it doesn't have any logos or marks, so they can't really like get in trouble for it. Yeah, it's like God, exactly. you know, you know what it is. Well, some people know what it is, but uh, well, now everybody knows what it is. So <laughs> it, it's a cool shirt. I did, you know, I'm glad it was Carrie who asked too. By the way, uh, I'm glad Carrie asked, and I didn't have to. So that's me. Uh, <laughs> what do we got? Adam and Patrick. What should the Bears name the new stadium? In Arlington, Mr. Walker, oh, 003. Uh, what do you think the name of the stadium should be? I mean, it's look, I'm a, I'm a service member, so I'm partial to Soldier Field. It's got to be Soldier Field. We got to stick with Soldier Field. Uh, if I had to come up with something catchy, what if we get a sponsor um, like Denny's? We call it the Den, like the Bear Den. Oh, what do you think? Look at I, you. No, I can't do the corporate spot. Soldier Field is, you know, I'm I'm classic in that regard. I think they need to keep it Soldier Field, but uh, that that's me. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, Hallis Park, something like that. But of course, again, it's it's going to end up having. I mean, they're going to have to attach uh, a big corporate sponsor. I think there's a workaround. Who does it? Like Invesco Field at my. What is it? I don't even know. Denver's. That that's that that's that's pretty bad when you have to when you have to stop and think like what is the what is the who's the presenting sponsor yeah. Yeah. for these stadiums? I know that the Staples Center in Los Angeles switched to some cryptocurrency, and everybody was up in arms like it always be Staples Center to me. And I'm like, okay, first of all, uh, okay, I understand that you didn't want to change the name, but you st- you're you're so attached to like a big box office supply chain. Like, oh, see, it'll always be a statement. It's not like you took. 
It's not right. like he took Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's name off the stadium. It's Staples Center. You know, like it's not like changing Comiskey Park, like Comiskey or the Wrigley or anything like that. I mean, I think Wrigley was a that was the family, but um, but yeah, it's like don't don't get too caught up into it. But I think that if you called it Hallis Park, it's got I don't even know who would be the big sponsor. We would have a big sponsor. It would be SoFi, something like you know, somebody like that. So and so at Hallis Park, Soldier Field. I don't know. Soldier Field presented by USAA. I don't know what it is. Yeah, USAA um, would be a that's a that's a match made in heaven right there. But it's so yeah, that would that would be perfect. Well, I don't know yeah. why, but you know that's the one thing is like uh, I don't know if it's because the city of Chicago runs the stadium or not, but the fact that they there is not, to my knowledge, that I can think of, like there's not like a it's not an Invesco at Soldier Field or anything like that. Like they've resisted that for quite some yeah. time, which is unusual. Because uh, you know every stadium, SoFi, like SoFi, they didn't, they didn't even bother. They didn't even bother with anything. They're just like, ah, whatever. Pay off your student loans with so. Oh, by the way, and they'll be in trouble. <laughs> There's ever loan forgiveness. Oh, what's SoFi gonna do? <laughs> They're gonna have to take back their naming rights. Nobody yeah, needs right. them anymore. <laughs> yeah. it's like if a fax machine company sponsored something, like we don't need you anymore. We got loan forgiveness. Sorry, SoFi. <laughs> You're not going to put people in. Oh, I shouldn't even, I should not continue that. Uh, Sammy, save me. Give me another question. Uh, do you guys think that Ryan and Matt will collaborate better? Uh, I think so. I, I think it's already starting. Uh, I think that, I mean, we're, we're optimistic right now because everything's brand new. It's like the first week of big brother or survivor or anything like that. We're like, God, ah, we're all going to get along forever. Like, this is going to be great. And then it eventually changes. It feels like, though, that these these two men are on the same page and that they're doing everything that they can and moving in the right direction. Um, I see no reason to believe why they wouldn't uh, collaborate well together. What do you think, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, they've got a They've got a history, right? They established some kind of relationship going back a while and to the point where Eberflus's name was top of mind for polls when he got the interview. Like he came into that saying, this is probably going to be my guy. Um, and I, so I, yeah, I think they're going to collaborate great, but not just that, but the collaboration with others in the front office. Like we heard the story about polls living with uh, Cunningham, with Ian Cunningham. Ian Cunningham. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was one thing I think we talked about last time I was on is the lack of infrastructure and support that, that pace had when he was here, he didn't have a guy like Cunningham that he could bounce ideas off of. And that could kind of be that check and balance to make sure he doesn't go off the rails and do something crazy. Um, so I think just the collaboration overall, I think polls is bringing in the right people to kind of be his support, but also be that check and balance to say, Hey, like, have you thought about this? Or maybe we shouldn't go in that direction. Um, so uh, yeah, I think the collaboration overall is going to be better at house hall. Yeah. It is one of those things too. And I know that we talked about that, about how Ryan pace died. So Ryan polls could continue to flourish. Right. And, you know, somebody has got to fall on the sword, so to speak. And it kind of, you know, started nudging them in the, in the, in the right direction. And that's one of the things that I think too, going back to the conversation about the stadium, why it's so important to have those revenue streams is so you can build out things like a front office staff that has more people involved, that has a bigger analytics department, a bigger scouting department. One of the things I would like to see changed as well is like, if there was a better field maintenance, if there was a better training staff, because it always seems like the bears do get a lot of injuries and maybe it's because they play in the cold or whatnot, 
Maybe it's because the field in at Soldier Field isn't the greatest, but also building out a training staff as well to kind of prevent things instead of, you know, always reacting to stuff. So it all stems, you know, it, it all comes from the same place. And I do believe that these two guys too, and you mentioned Ian Cunningham, I think it feels like a good group right now. Mm-hmm. And again, we have a lot of optimism because there's no, there's no reason not to be. Like I know that the Bears fans like to go out there and overreact to stuff as much as any fan base that I can think of. But at the same time, we like we have nothing to be bummed out about. No. Like I understand. Like we did not pay 90 million to Christian Kirk, and that's upsetting to a lot of people. But at the same time, like it just it's not something that the Bears needed. Going after some of these other guys, too. We never know. Like I I know that like again, we got to see the way things shake out in the draft. We still don't know what the draft philosophy is going to be we have ideas of what it could be it's kind of like sitting here waiting for star wars episode seven like this is the way that i think it's going to go yeah and then it's going to go in either a different direction and if it's not the direction that you think it should go in you'll be like well that sucked that was brutal but at the same time we got to give it an opportunity to go out there and i don't know i i feel pretty confident with the way things are right now yeah. I, you know, it's funny. We, we say that, that Ryan Pace died so Ryan Poles could live, but I, in some ways I feel like Ryan Poles is, is paying for the sins of Ryan Pace. Um, I get it. Like we're, we're just the last few years were terrible and we're starved for a winning team. And so to wait another year seems like torture, but um, it, listen, we got to We want this guy to do it right. We want him to do it in a way that's sustainable, that they can build year after year, be competitive instead of just, hoping to sneak into the playoffs and make a run. So uh, it may be some short-term pain, but hopefully it'll yield some long-term success. Yeah. You got to preach some patience. Mm -hmm. And I know that, listen, people are, you're, you can, you can have patience. I know my, my daughter, my six-year-old the other day, she was, could not wait for something. And I'm like, what is wrong? And I just, I'm like, what is wrong with you? I go, I took her to a baseball game on Friday night. It was a 638 start. We got to the stadium at five because it was an Otani bobblehead giveaway. And I go, you like you, we got there at five o'clock. You waited patiently an hour and a half for the game to start. We sat through the entire game, including an eight run eighth inning by the Astros. And the game ended up going four plus hours and nary a complaint Nary like running around the aisles or anything like I know you're patient like you have this ability like channel that right channel that patience and mm-hmm. I think that uh Bears fans need to do the same thing this year exactly. it's gonna be fun like it's gonna be a fun season we yeah. get to see a quarterback develop and I think that's gonna be the big thing that's all we need we just need the quarterback okay. to develop and uh, if we win games great if not so be it yeah but uh that's the way that's gonna go all right Sammy what do we got next any thoughts of Jenkins? Thank you, Jim. Uh, any thoughts of Jenkins and Borum fitting the mold of the offensive line? What do you make of that fact that, you know, the signings have been on the interior of the offensive line? Of course, uh, Lucas Patrick comes in. And uh, and I've already forgotten the guy's name from Buffalo. Like that, oh, I yeah. – was a Bates. The all-pro all that we passed on. That Jeez Louise. Yeah. Everybody Ryan was – Ryan Bates. Everybody was so bent out of shape. How do we miss out on Ryan Bates? Like I li- literally was forgetting his name. Feels like they've gone inside. Now the draft could be very different. They could draft a couple of tackles and I think that would tell it, but do we make, well, what do, what do we make of the fact that they haven't brought in tackles? Is that kind of a, 
a stamp of approval so far of what Borum and Jenkins are doing? Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, I mean, I, I it's tough to know what Ryan Poles was trying to do behind the scenes, like who he was trying to sign maybe and, and just couldn't get the numbers to work or um, maybe there were some guys that he wanted to target, but he knew that they weren't uh, interested. So I don't know if he's not looking for, for bookends or, or if he's still, um, if he's got confidence in Borman Jenkins, I think from a, from a, a mental makeup standpoint, I think Jenkins is definitely his guy, right? Like he came in talking about how disgusted he was to see um, fields on the ground and nobody go over to help him up. Yeah. So you have to think he likes Jenkins mentality and his attitude out there. Uh, so I think that fits. I think he played pretty well last year, all things considered that he missed. Um, I mean, all was it all the preseason or most of, if not all the preseason, yeah, ton of it. I think he was like riding a bike at the most during training camp. So um, other than being able to stay in shape somewhat, he got no reps until he was thrust into action. Um, and, you know, Borum, same thing. I, you know, he, he came in as a late round pick um, probably not a lot of seasoning, not a lot of reps in the, in the preseason, with that first line. And I think he did commendable for getting thrown into that kind of a situation. So, um, you know, that's the other thing too, is that these guys are just going to improve naturally from having more time in the system and more reps and, and, and more time around these other guys uh, in a full off season to get better. So, you know, when we think about the status of this year's offensive line, don't think like of what last year's Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins look like. Think that they're going to improve a little bit. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's a vote of confidence that he thinks those guys can hold down the the ends for a while. And if they could, man, that would be something else, wouldn't it? If you got your left and right tackles locked down for the foreseeable future. Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, that's exactly Incredible. what you would want. That's the kind of drafts that that lead to Super Bowl runs. You know, the Saints had been able to get a lot of success. You look back at some of the Saints drafts and you're like, God, this team like just hit on so many players. And last year looked like a draft where we hit on a lot of players, and if these guys do pan out, if Tevin Jenkins is that guy that we thought – I mean, a lot of people had him mocked to the Bears at, 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 number, at pick 20 yeah. last year. Like, people would have been very happy. Well, I mean, like, we would have been disappointed that we didn't get a quarterback, but if if Tevin Jenkins had been our pick at 20, I think a lot of people have been like, okay, that's cool. That's what we were kind of thinking anyways. Also, Larry Borum. I think Larry Borum is probably more on notice than anybody else. Cause I think when they were talking about being in shape and stuff and listen, yeah. I have no problem with that. Like you got to go out at some point and like lose weight. Like you got to right. go out and prove that you want to be in shape. I was telling the story on Thursday's podcast that, you know, back when I was with the early days of the NFL network, I was a heavier individual. I was up around 250, 260, And uh, somebody, you know, took me aside and they're like, Hey, you realize you're on television, right? <laughs> Like didn't come out and been they didn't come out and say like lose weight and you better start running but they're like yeah you're on TV be <laughs> mindful that people can see you <laughs> and so I took that to heart obviously and so I think that you know if these players respond to that kind of stuff good and if they don't then like so be it like okay right. then we don't want you around like if you're not willing to go out there and put mm-hmm. in the work that's fine like we don't we don't want to get too attached to players who aren't going to go out there and try to work and put in the system. I know it's tough not to, especially with social media. Now it feels like we get a chance Mm. to know them a little bit better. You know, we follow Larry Borum. We follow his mother on Twitter. Like, it's cool. Like we're attached to him already. So it's like, but at the same time, it's like, bro, you, I hope you, I hope you're listening. I I, I don't want to have to give him tough love, but you know what? Take these lessons to heart. 
Yeah. And so uh, we'll see what happens with them. So hopefully, hopefully we got our guys. That would be the ideal situation. All right, Sammy, what do we got next? Hey, Rick. Oh, it's James Coe. Uh, first time, long time. Any free agent or draft prospect corners uh, you'd like to see the team add opposite of Jalen? You know what? I've been watching the, uh, I think, oh, God, what's the kid's name? I got a couple of, now, there was a guy I was looking at in the draft who, oh, what is the kid's name? Hold on. I was just doing, by the way, my uh, mock draft with a twist is going to be available on NFL.com uh, in the near future. What is happening with my, I'm like an old man. I can't see anything. Listen, I got my notes here. <laughs> I do have, well, you got to be realistic. You know, like who's going to be available I know the kid from Florida has been shooting up the draft boards recently. Was it Nair or something like that? Like he's looked pretty good. I've been kind of behind trying to figure out like who, who could possibly be following. Oh, Kyler Gordon, uh, the wide receiver out of Washington is one of the guys who I've looked at, um, looked at as a possibility to me. He's a late first rounder who could also slide to the second round of the draft. And remember our pick in the second round is pretty high. So yeah, Kyler was a guy, Kyler Gordon was the guy that I was looking at like, Hmm. Cause I, and I've said this too, um, repeatedly. I'm like, I would not be mad if we don't draft, if we don't draft a, a, a defensive player, like I'm sick of it. Like, I don't care if we have holes on defense. I don't, I don't care anymore. Who cares? I want to score points. I want to be an offensive juggernaut that scores points. If we lose, if we lose, because our, our second corner sucks, although I, I still like Tommy Graham. Um, but Kyler Gordon is a guy that I've looked at, the kid from Florida. I'm so sorry. Because uh, one of the problems, Patrick, that I've been seeing and putting together my own my own version of the mock draft, and by the way, my mock draft is not a predictions piece. It's a recommendations piece. Like, mm-hmm. this is what you should do. Like, it's not predicting that, uh, that Jacksonville's going to draft the the Georgia kid who's all the rage now who's the next Alden Smith I'm like don't do this Jacksonville take <laughs> take the take Hutchinson like he's the best like he's the he's the Bosa of this yeah. draft just take him take don't be don't try to outsmart yeah, yourself it. yeah even and and even this too is uh with the Detroit Lions you don't take that guy either like the Lions have to take Thibodeau they have to like Thibodeau has this personality that rubs all the old white guys the wrong way. Like if you listen to Sirius XM in the morning, the guys who are on those, like the, the guys who are on, or just any, the Sirius, the channel 88, yeah. all the, uh, pretty much everybody, except I know I've heard Tom Pelissaro on that before. So I don't want to throw him into the, mix. <laughs> but every old guy who's on Sirius XM hates Thibodeau because he's this dude who uh, he's just, he just like it, it's refreshing, like the way he speaks his mm-hmm. mind, and he's just talking about, um, you know, he's talking about why he went to Oregon and not out in Alabama. He's like, well, he's like, if I went to Oregon and didn't work out, I could probably always work at Nike. Like I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> um, and people just lost their ass. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. But to me, that's the kind of guy that would do well with Dan Campbell. Like, yeah. who would love? Who would appreciate this play? Oh, Dan Campbell. You right. gotta take Thibodeau. Yeah. Even though I don't think he's the second best player in the draft, but he would be the best for the Lions. But uh how closely have you been? 
How closely do you follow the draft? Have you been looking at any possible Bears prospects, especially at the cornerback position? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, so I haven't followed the prospects as much this year as I have in years past. Um, but to the extent I have this year, it's been focused more on the offensive side because that's yeah. where I think they need to focus uh, themselves. So I haven't really focused a lot on on the defensive backs. Um, I actually had to look up the kid's name. I don't even know if he'll be available uh, in the second round, but the McCreary, I think his name's McCreary from uh, Auburn, who I really like watching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watched a lot of college football, and, and I he was a kid that stood out to me. I don't even know if he'll be available in the second round. I have no idea where he's projected to go. He's just a prospect that really stood out to me. Um, but no, I haven't, I have not done a deep dive into the quarterback cornerback class uh, this year. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't know. They've got, they just signed, what's his name? Young from, from Baltimore. Um, yeah. Crookshank, who I'm probably going to butcher his name. I think that's how you say it. No, that's fine. And then, uh, you know, they got Thomas Graham still. So, you know, I don't know where they, where they envision him fitting if he's, going to slot in at the slot corner or if they can, you know, they see him as a boundary corner, but um, you know, they, I don't know, maybe they, they are gearing up for a run on offensive players in the draft. I think I'm with you. I'd like to see them focus on wide receiver and offensive line, some combination of that with their first two picks um, if possible. Yeah. I think of the other, and I, I it's, it's so wild to see like some of these mock drafts. Cause I, I had the Texans. I recommended the Texans take sauce Gardner third overall because they need a corner like you, mm-hmm. like you have 11 picks. I think Sauce Gardner could end up being like a Jalen Ramsey type or like you're yeah. set. You're set a corner and you don't have to worry about it. You have the pick coming back. Mm-hmm. I think it's 11, somewhere in the early teens where you can come back and take a wide receiver. I think they have 13 and you can go in there and uh, take Watkins from Ohio State. And you have a receiver, you have a cornerback, you're ready to go. Um, Derek Stingley Jr. is going to end up going to the commanders. Just like... Cause that just seems like a commander's pick. Yeah. Like, of course they would take the guy who is great as a freshman and hasn't been good the last two years. <laughs> and then McDuffie McDuffie is interesting too, because I saw a mock where he was fourth, like something crazy. Wow. And then I saw like where he went ahead of, of sauce Gardner. Like, I think he went to the uh, jets, mm-hmm. but then another one where he's like 28. I'm like, okay, he's not fall. He's not falling to 28. Like he's not like, it's just not happening. So it's so wild. And then, you know, and, and then thinking about the wide receivers, I look at like the first 12 picks, the first 12 teams drafting. And I'm like, number one, I don't think any of them should take a quarterback. Although I do mm-hmm. think that um, the Carolina Panthers will end up taking one of the quarterbacks. I would take the Liberty kid, Malik Willis, mm-hmm. um, but it will probably be Pickett. I would not take a quarterback. If I was, I, I don't, I, honestly, I don't think Seattle's taking a quarterback. I don't think Seattle's going to take a quarterback with their first pick. And they could end up with somebody like, in my weird convoluted thing, like Evan Neal could be available on the offensive mm-hmm. line, or else it could be EK, um, who's one of those two guys could fall based on the way that I was seeing the board yeah. fall, like based on recommendations to where they can get a pretty good offensive lineman. I really do believe that the Seahawks are locked in at Drew. I think they really like Drew Locke. And there you was a so? story that, yeah, there was a story that came out and I'm so sorry that I don't, I saw this on Twitter. I don't know who said it, but I read it on Twitter that Vic Fangio just did not like Drew Locke for whatever reason. And Teddy Bridgewater miraculously became, maybe it was, Bra- I'll give Brandon Perna the credit. Um, and then Teddy Bridgewater became the quarterback, but Drew Locke does a lot of the things that I think Pete Carroll would like, where he just, he just chucks the ball deep. And I yeah. think when you have receivers, 
And if they keep Lockett and if they keep DK Metcalf and they let Drew Locke go out there and just huck the ball deep, I think they'll mm-hmm. be fine. I think like yeah. they'll probably like it enough that you don't have to make the the quarterback selection at 12 or wherever they are, 11, 12, somewhere in that range. They could actually try to trade back into the back end of the, 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 of the first round because Kansas City has back-to-back picks. Detroit has the 32nd selection because they have that from the Rams. Mm-hmm. Kansas City has one of Miami's pick, a pick via Miami, I think. Oh, it's weird. Kansas City has two picks late in the draft where if I'm if I'm if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, and this pains me to say because I love both these receivers and both of them have been linked to the Bears. But if I was Kansas City, I would go with Sky Moore. I think Sky Moore is great. Yeah. I think he's a fantastic player. I would not let him fall out of the first round. I hope he falls to Chicago. I don't think it's happening. And of course, Christian Watkins uh, fought like I, I doubt Kansas city would go back to back wide receiver. Yeah. But I think it would be, I would tell them to, I'm giving away my whole column here, but <laughs> I would, I would tell them to, I'm like, I know you have Juju and I think that people are way too low on Juju for fantasy purposes, but I go, you gotta get, you gotta get like three wide receivers. I, mm-hmm. I, I think the chargers need to draft. Like I know, uh, was it Gerald Williams who a lot of people think like, Oh, he could fall to the second. And you know, guys coming from injuries always have that kind of risk. We saw Jalen Johnson do it. We saw Eddie right. Jackson do it. Um, I know we're not talking bears, but it's fun to talk draft now. Um, cause I've, I'm now, I feel like I've now finally caught up. Um, <laughs> like I think the chargers, like, I think that's a great spot for the chargers to take him. Please still read still click into the column when it becomes available, even though I'm giving away everything here for free. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 it's so, it's so difficult though, because the, the idea of the first 12 picks is that the wide receiver class is so deep. None mm-hmm. of those teams should touch wide receiver, but then all those middle teams and even Minnesota who, again, I have them take a McDuffie. I could see them picking a wide receiver. Like it would make sense. Like, yeah, like that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Green Bay has two picks in the first round. They should probably take two wide receivers as yeah. well. They won't. It would probably seem condescending to them. What do you think? Like, what do you, I don't know. What is, what is your philosophy with those two picks for the bears? Yeah. So I, I mean, I'd love to see them trade down and, and get some more picks because how deep this, this class is from a wide receiver standpoint, but that always depends on whether you got a partner that's willing to trade up. Right. So yeah. that's just when they can't trade back. Um, I want them to go some combination of O-line wide receiver, best player available. And I, I think, mm-hmm. I think they're going to have some good players available from the uh, wide receiver position in the second round. Like you said, there are just so many prospects here. Um, I mean, I, I saw Traylon Burks. They're talking about him maybe falling. I mean, I yeah, he was phenomenal at Arkansas. I don't know if he, he fits the mold of what I have, the Bears I, are looking for. I, but I have him going to Green Bay. Yeah, I, I that would that would disappoint me because I don't want to see suck. him. Oh, yeah. I don't want to see him with Aaron Rodgers for the next you know four or five years. Uh, well, the good the good news is you won't because he's going to target <laughs> Alan Lazard a thousand times <laughs> and ignore the rookie. So right. Jordan Love will throw him the ball next year. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll trade up at, you know, trade back into the first round for a third pick and, and take a quarterback again. Who knows what the Packers are going to do? Um, yeah. But uh, that, that, yeah. that joke writes itself, right? Like, yeah. oh, the Packers' first pick, Matt Corral. Like, what okay, are they going to do with Jordan Love, by the way? Like, what, what is that poor kid? I mean, I kind of feel bad for him to some extent because he's stuck. I mean, they, where's he going to go? Who's the, who's the, 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 the Bears hater? 
Peter B. Peter Bukhari. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever. Um, he was talking about like Jordan Love is the new Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Yeah. And you're like, bro, like the person that that oh, I'm so pissed because I'm like, you know who that what you're describing, who you're describing is Mitch Trubisky. And yeah. like Drew Brees, he's on his second team. And then some kid who followed me is like, dude, he's on his third. I'm like, oh my God. Yes, he was in <laughs> Buffalo last year. Of course he was. Right. Like, I'm an idiot. But I'm like, well, Breeze was sort of with Miami for a couple yeah. of hours before he failed his physical. <laughs> Can I count that? Um, but it's like, yeah, I go, I think, I think, uh, I think that I don't know. I don't think Jordan Love's gonna be a good player. No, I don't think so either. Um, but he also has no opportunity to get better. I don't I, where he is now. I mean, what is he gonna get? Some some mop-up time, uh, maybe next season, but uh, and who's gonna trade for him based on what he's put out on tape? during his limited action in the regular season. So yeah, yeah, that's just a bad situation for him. Um, kind of a wasted pick for the Packers, which I, I don't hate it. I don't hate to see yeah. that. Yeah. It's bugging me that they, yeah. they, they ruined that pick. If, <laughs> right. uh, if you don't think that Jordan love is going to make it in the NFL, why don't you comment the word sick into the comments? If you think that Jordan Love's going to end up being a regrettable pick for the green Bay Packers, I would appreciate that. I also would say this too is like the Drew Brees, Mitch Trubisky thing is like Drew Brees actually played a lot. Like he split time with Doug Flutie and, you know, but got an opportunity to play kind of like Mitch in his first year mm -hmm. when he was battling uh, with John Fox and everything. I honestly, I don't know. I've, I've now talked myself. I actually talked myself into the Steelers not taking uh, the way, the way my mock draft recommendations worked out is that Kenny Pickett would be available to the Steelers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Give Mitch a chance. I I personally hope that Mitch Trubisky gets an opportunity to start without a rookie there, and just like if if like if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, Pittsburgh, you can draft a quarterback next year. Give Mitch one season, unfeathered, with Mike Tomlin, mm -hmm. and uh, let him go out there and do his thing. And um, I hope it works out. I'm I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, I so. Here's my thing about Mitch Trubisky. I think oh, no. Tomlin is going to do a much better job hiding his deficiencies than Matt Nagy did. I yeah. think you can, you, you know, Matt Nagy had the ego thing where like he didn't want to just take the low hanging fruit. Like he could have thrown Mitch Trubisky out there, simplified things for him and beaten up on the bad teams. Yes. He probably wasn't going to go out and beat the top notch teams, but he probably could have picked up a couple more wins here and there if he had just you know, simplified things for Mitch and, and taking care of business against some of those, you know, lower ranking teams. And he didn't. And I think Tomlin will do that, right? Tomlin's just looking to get through next year. And uh, with Mitch and if they lean on the running game and they have a decent defense, I think, you know, they could win nine or 10 games next year. I, you know, I'm not, I, I don't think, oh, Mitch yeah. is, I don't think that's Mitch is great, but I, I think with the right coaching, you can beat up on some bad teams and, and sneak a few wins out here and there. Dude, Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons. They're going to win yeah. nine games. Like, what are we yeah, talking about? he doesn't about? care. Right. He doesn't they, care how he wins. If they win just eight games, they will tie one. They will not be under 500. That's what <laughs> right. they do. Well, that's what they do. Right. They go out yeah. there and they 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 do their thing. Uh, Sammy, by the way, I'm sorry. Are there more questions? I'm sorry. I went, we've gone on to this rant of, uh, of, uh, of the draft. Sorry. JF one bears forever. Uh, should the bears draft try, uh, Twyquan, Taekwon, Taekwon Thornton. Uh, he ran a four, two 
and uh, just met with the Bears. You know what? I saw that report as well, and I love that play. I, I think that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good get. You know, that is one of the ones because, like, whenever I see Patrick, whenever I see the mock drafts, and I, I could be mistaken, but I, I see a lot of optimism of guys who I'm looking at. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that guy's gonna be there. Like, I just don't think. Like, I. I, I don't think he's going to be there, but I think that Thornton is one of those guys who can be there. How do you feel? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I saw a couple of mocks where they were saying he could go as late as the fifth round. I mean, if you can yeah. get a four, two burner in the fifth round, it, we've had some success recently drafting wide receivers in the fifth round um, with Darnell Mooney. So, you know, why not? Why not? It, it, it'll depend on what they do with their first pick. I don't, I don't think they should, you know, reach for him in the second. No, um, no, no. But if they take like an offensive lineman early or they take a bigger bodied receiver, um, you know, maybe they end up with like David Bell in the third round and they want to double down on wide receiver and, and come back with a burner like Thornton late to kind of offset the, you know, the slower, more uh, route running receiver and David Bell. Maybe they do something like that. But I would not be disappointed if they were able to get Thornton late. I mean, I, you know, I think they want to go vertical with Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields wants to go vertical. Um, I think the only That's person that didn't want to last year was Matt Nagy for some yeah. reason. So, yeah. There's a lot of people that there's a lot of people that do not understand what Justin Fields game is because you see this a lot on, on Twitter mm-hmm. where they're like, ah, well, this is uh, you know, can't expect the running quarterback to do this. You're like, cool. He's not a running quarterback. Right. Like he's fast. Like make no mistake about it. He can run, right. he can run by you, but he's a pocket quarterback who loves to throw the ball deep. Watch an Ohio State game just once. Yeah. And uh, uh, whatever. Uh, but I, I do. By the way, Sammy, what other question? Do we have another question we need to get to? I want to make sure. Okay, listen. Uh, ooh, what do we think of the Tavon Young signing? Uh, Tony, thank you for bringing this up. I do like this one. I uh, I know it's one of those things like if healthy. And this is, listen, mm-hmm. this is every player in the NFL. If healthy, he is a great addition to this team. My thing is what are your injuries? Are you injury prone or is it, is it like, or what is it? Mm-hmm. He's been hurt. He doesn't seem injury prone to me. And I think that if he can go out there and, and give us double digit games, I think that's going to be a pretty good pick. And this, these are the kind of guys that we need to be adding to this squad. And again, and I don't, and I don't hate this either is uh, sometimes pay attention to the program where mm-hmm. these guys are coming from. Now we've seen a lot of chiefs, Byron Pringle. Mm-hmm. We've seen a number of Colts, especially defensive guys, come over. That's a good sign. That's a good yeah. thing. That intimate knowledge of those guys, that's a good thing. But again, when somebody comes over who's played well for the Baltimore Ravens, and we saw him play well against us, mm-hmm. I think that's good. I go sometimes, like, I I really like that pick. How'd you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, low risk, high reward to me. I think it was like a one-year deal, right? Um but yeah, I mean, I think it's consistent with what Poles has done this offseason. He's got a lot of guys on really short deals that, you know, who knows, they could they could really pay dividends for for very little money. Um, and if they do, you resign them, right? I mean, like give them a one-year audition, but don't go, you know, he seems that that seems like the kind of player that last year Ryan Pace may have given like a three-year deal <laughs> and slightly overpaid because uh, they needed yeah. a cornerback, right? But I think polls is, is been patient and I think that's a great, you know, upside um, deal for them. And if he can ball out on that kind of a deal uh, this year, terrific. And then, you know, we'll reevaluate next year, but yeah, low risk, high reward to me. 
Love it. Yeah. The old yeah. Charles Finley, like sign a bunch of dudes to one year deals who are out to prove something Yeah, and see what happens. And then we'll, we'll sign them to long-term deals and then they'll all flounder. No, but, it, <laughs> but we'll also see, well, you know, we'll also have a lot of undrafted guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a big depth filling proposition. Yeah. And I honestly believe, and I could be mistaken, but I honestly believe that he wants to bring in people on those undrafted deals who have something to prove, who have yeah. something to play for. Like there's nothing wrong with filling out your roster with undrafted players. Cause obviously these guys, there's a lot of guys who can go like, it's not like, look at whatever, go to Wikipedia, go look at an NFL draft and scroll through it and see who the pro bowlers mm-hmm. are and things like that. Like how many draft picks miss? And then all you got to do is hit on a couple of guys who are undrafted free agents. The bears have actually done a nice job of getting guys in the fifth and sixth round. Uh, thinking of Char- like Darnell Mooney and, and Tommy Graham and guys like that, even others, Gibson, what, like they do a nice job of that. So I think bringing in these hungry guys who have something yep. to prove will be pretty good. And I think it's better than overpaying for free agents. It doesn't make you feel better in March, but I think at the end of the season, you'll be like, oh, these guys could actually play. There's a lot of pleasant surprises and, uh, and things like that. Well, here's the thing too. This is going to be a tone setting year for Eberflus, right? We've heard that the first year of his system is tough for some players because it's 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 a lot, it's intense, right? And you need yeah. them to buy in. Who better to buy in than you know guys playing on one year deals with something to prove, undrafted free agents with something to prove? I mean, he's filling that team with a lot of guys who are going to come in hungry and are probably going to get on board pretty quickly um, with the, with the program. So uh, I, I'm sure that's not gonna that's not gonna hurt to have a bunch of guys in your corner, you know, all pulling on the same side of the rope. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's a great way to look at that as well. And Sammy, do we have time for one more? We got a Patrick. Uh, are there any projected undrafted free agents you think we should keep an eye on? Uh, this is from Jason. I don't. This is this is a tough ask, Jason. Like this is this is. I don't know. Do you have you been looking at the undrafted free agent market already? You you know what? It's funny you say that. I have like I haven't been looking extensively, but um, I do have. I do have a guy uh, that I think is a possibility uh, at defensive back guy named Malik Sonier from Midwestern state university as an undrafted free agent. Um, Take a look at him. I think he's uh, he's somebody that, that could impress the bears. Another guy could come in hungry and um, you know, contribute on special teams right away. So yeah, that's um, that's a little bit under the radar, but uh, definitely check him out. That, that feels like that question was a plant. You are set up way too well for that. And un- somebody's asking about an undrafted free agent. You're like, well, let me tell you, I got one for you. Like, come on. That did not totally, just happen. Totally not, uh, not planted. Well done. You two. Oh, believe me. This is, I feel like Ace Rothstein in casino. There's no way that wasn't a setup. Three people just hit the Powerball. Stop it. My wife and I were laughing. The comment on the, um, the last, the last podcast was like, yeah, who that guy's so handsome that you had on. You're like, Oh, this definitely isn't related to, to Patrick. I was like, yeah, I don't know who that is. Who could that be? Who could that be? Who could that be? Definitely not my wife. Just must be some random listener. And yeah. Cause I was, I was there. I'm like, Patrick's not that good looking. Like, it didn't have listened to that kind of response. Huh, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, but listen, I want to let you go. Uh, I know. Uh, listen, we kept you for an hour and we appreciate that. We got into a weird rant about the draft, and I didn't even get a chance to say that I think that Seattle could be an op- could be a team that could trade back into the back end of the first round yeah. with uh, Kansas City having two picks, with Detroit 
having I'm imagining Detroit if, if Detroit has 32, they have 33 as well. I think Detroit they could actually draft a quarterback themselves, but uh that could be an opportunity for for Seattle, but that's a thing. Yeah. But listen, I uh, do want to thank you uh, for stopping by once again. We always appreciate you having you. And once again, we want to wish you the best of luck for the Bear Down Chicago pod. I didn't know if it was sh- – I, I was like – because when uh, when when Nick Moriano was uh, here, it's like, is it C-H-G-O or is it Chicago? Do you say the full word? I didn't know if we say Bear Down Chai Pod, like it's Chai, chai Tea Latte or something <laughs> like that. Bear Down Chicago Pod with uh, with some of our favorites. And uh, so we appreciate you being on, and good luck and a lot of success to uh, to your pod as you guys get that going. Thank Even you. Even though so you're much, you're Tom. you're veterans, but I know it's a new venture. <laughs> well, we really appreciate it, and uh, as always, I appreciate coming on anytime. I'm I'm happy to jump on. I love chopping it up with you. So, uh, and again, we'd love to have you on the on the podcast. So what the? Um, we'll have to we'll have to get I'm, you on. And con- contrary to popular belief, I'm very easy to find. <laughs> like it's not it's yes, not difficult to find me some you people are. think some people think i'm in some ivory tower but somehow kids on the internet have found my phone number some people probably more well connected than them <laughs> cannot find it apparently but listen i'm very easy to find so if you would like me to come on i would enjoy it i think it would be a, a great opportunity to yeah. uh, go and chop it up as well and i've got awesome. listen i'm sort of constrained in this in this i'm trying to be you know a gracious host when I get on your show, I can't promise. I'm a loose cannon. <laughs> Things could get wild. Things could get loose. Could be yeah, a- you gotta watch. You gotta watch out for some of those guys. They get uh, especially Shagru. You know, he's oh Shagru. <laughs> you get us in a room together, it's gonna be it's gonna be madness. But uh, we do we do thank you for coming on, and I look forward to uh, to doing the home and home. We do, I do I awesome. do owe you guys a visit, and I would love to pay that off very soon. That'd be great. We'd love to have you on, Adam. All right. Well, thank you so much. There he goes, the great Patrick Sheldon. I thought that was a good conversation. I know we got a little, we got a little drafty, uh, but listen, there hasn't been a whole lot going on, and we got a couple of weeks to go before the NFL draft finally hits. It feels like it should have happened already, and at some point, we'll be able to talk about other things and about the new players, the new studs that we got coming into Chicago. Instead, we're talking about Trevor Simeon getting his car jacked. But until next, until Thursday, uh, we'll be back in a what. Oh, give a like. Thank you. Yes, give a like. You know what? Put the word sick in there again. If you think the Packers suck, write the word sick right now. Let people know. But I appreciate everybody. Listen, honestly, appreciate everybody uh, hanging out with us here tonight. Appreciate you all participating and being a part of the show. I feel like we're one big family. Again, we're trying to be one big family with all the Bears people. We uh, we love everybody. We want to spread uh Good cheer. Good cheer. What is it? Christmas? Uh, Listen, we want to spread positivity. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. And uh, we'll see you on Thursday for the podcast. Until then, bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.